I was not the best kid growing up, kind of got myself into some trouble. And I had a real, I had a lot of fun in high school. So by the time I got to college, I was kind of in a mindset of like, okay, I'm done with that whole scene. I want to, you know, move forward and kind of progress with my life. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spreading Success Podcast. My name is Ram Raviv, and I am your host. Today, I am joined by my good buddy, Joe Steiber. How are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. I appreciate you getting me on. I'm sorry it took so long to kind of get it started, but uh, hopefully, we can, hopefully we can do a great job. Yeah, man. For those of you who don't know, I've met Joe a couple of times at various events, such as the NetCons and a few of the other events. And Joe's just a great guy. We've been able to catch up and talk a little bit. And that's why I'm really excited to dive into his story. So, Joe, for the people that are not familiar with you, can you just fill them in on who you are and what you do? Yeah, man. So I, uh, I'm 20 years old. Uh, I started my journey about three years ago in college. I was not the best kid growing up, kind of got myself into some trouble. And I had, a real, I had a lot of fun in high school. So by the time I got to college, I was kind of in a mindset of like, okay, I'm done with that whole scene. I want to you know, move forward and kind of progress with my life. And I think that was like different than like what the average person was thinking because they were taking high school seriously. They got to college and went crazy. It was the opposite for me. I got to college, was ready to kind of take that next step in my life. I mean, I was playing ice hockey five days a week, so I had no time to really kind of go out and have a social life other than my sports. And we weren't allowed to go to parties on the nights before or after games, simply just to make sure that our health was there and we were ready to go for the next day. And what I started doing was on the nights that people were partying on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, whatever, I was actually in my room and just kind of you know, on Instagram, messaging friends, and I came across drop shipping. And I was skeptical of it. I didn't know what it was. And after a few months of being retargeted with ads and things like that, I got into it and I lost a lot of money. I don't know. It's just, I, I didn't think it was for me at first, but what happened was I met a friend in college that was doing really well for himself through drop shipping. And I basically said, yo, bro, you know, I've lost two grand in putting into ads and, you know, creating creatives and all this stuff. I don't think it's for me. I'm starting to think this is a scam. Like what's going on? And he showed me a strategy that I wouldn't say completely revolutionized everything, but I started seeing results. And I realized, okay, you know, there are ways to be profitable. You just have to, you know, step outside the box. So I learned this process and I basically developed my own strategy. By the end of my first semester of high school, I had taken my first store to 50K in sales. I was going through a bad breakup at the time. I had lost a lot of my friends. And I basically called my parents and asked for their permission to take a semester off of school. And in that time, I tripled my results for my e-commerce business, at which point they gave me their blessing to take another semester off. And if I could do that again, they would let me drop out. So at that point, I went all the way in on uh, dropshipping e-commerce. I did very, very well. I started a company called Mountaineer Gear, which is a camping brand. And I traveled around the country for about three months, documenting the process, the, you know, living with the lifestyle, the backpacks, the camping hammocks, the, uh, the tents, the hiking boots, whatever, creating an environment around my brand. And it just skyrocketed. And around the same time, I started getting a lot of DMs from friends and family asking, you know, how can they get started? How can they learn this? I was just trying, I wanted to, you know, bring as many people on this journey with me as I could. So I started helping them and what was eventually, you know, just started off as a friendly gesture of trying to help the people around me. I realized they're actually getting results. This thing can be applied anywhere. Like I can help other people and I had paid for a program to learn. So at that point I was like, well, I want to make a program that was 10 times better than what I learned from and help other people. So I started a dropshipping course and within eight months we had over 150 students. Uh, we were approaching seven figures in sales revenue, at which point I dropped out of college full time. 
um, and decided that I was going to invest that same money into self-education. So I started going to events. The first event I went to was Build Your Empire out in Arizona. Started getting connected with the same people in my space. And it's just crazy to see how much has grown in that short period of time. So Mm -hmm. from, you know, six months ago, attending my first event, I've now spoken at five with the same people I attended the event with. I've, you know, started my own marketing agency and scaled it to seven figures. I've learned the skills from dropshipping and applied it in other areas and able to help my family business, local businesses, businesses across the seas. It's just insane to see the skill sets that have been learned. So that's a quick background about myself. I got into dropshipping. I learned the skills that I learned from dropshipping, taught other people. And then I got to a point where I kind of saw it getting saturated. I didn't really like the way the space was going. A lot of people were selling, you know, bullshit courses. It just wasn't my thing. I didn't want to be in that environment anymore. So I stepped out of it, took the skills that I learned and then started a marketing agency, Cyber Consulting, which I've been focusing on full time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just a lot of, a lot of things just combined into that. And you got very lucky because I don't know, you talked about this at the Hamptons mastermind, but a lot of parents would not give their kids that blessing to be like, you know what, you could take that year. So, and it's very, very difficult, especially for people doing things like medicine and doctor, lawyer. And it's, it's a, it's a family tradition that their parents have been doing for a very, very long time. Uh, so definitely hats off to your parents that they gave, they were, yeah, I was blessed. blessed. I mean, my mom was skeptical as hell, but the the good news was my dad had started a business. So he understood, we had the same mindset. Uh, he had dropped out of college and I basically was like, dude, what do you like? You, you ended up extremely successful. You've done very well for yourself. You know, we had the same mind. We think alike, you know, we're literally the same person. You, you had to have known this was a possibility. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, it was, but here's my thing. You know, I'm supporting you. I'm, I'm helping you pay for school. So if you're going to drop out, you need, you're not going to be fucking around. You better get your head ass, your head straight and get this work done and, and get results. And that's what I did. So, you know, like I said, everybody in college just had this weird mindset and it just, it didn't align with my mindset and they were all holding me back. And I was very lonely for a while, but I just put my head down and I worked and I got to a point where I started surrounding myself with like-minded people and it just took off. And I think that, you know, a lot of the people that are in college are going because they think they have to go. If you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or something of that nature, you know, it, it is necessary um, to get the profession that you're looking to get. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't need a degree to start a business. You mm-hmm. only need a degree to work for one. And when I had that mindset, I was like, I don't need a degree if I want to be my own boss. So I just kind of started watching YouTube and self-educating and learning from the people that, you know, have done it themselves, not a college professor that has a degree in business that has never actually built a six or seven figure business before. And I just felt a lot more comfortable learning from people that have actually done it compared to people that just have a piece of paper that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. And you don't even need a degree nowadays for things like Google. All the big tech companies are not even asking for degrees. So like it's becoming less and less necessary. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out, you know, for our, uh, our children, God willing. And, right. and I mean, the way I look at it, bro, is like, you know, everybody's in college for four years. They might do an internship. They get out. They have a piece of paper. That's literally all they got. Maybe they have a year or two of experience with an intern and they have, you know, a recommendation. That's as much as they have. If they're going to sit down that person that says they have a degree in business management and they sit down next to me and we're both competing for the same job, there's one position left. And I've said, hey, you know, I've started and scaled a six figure business and I stopped that business and started another one with an agency. I've worked with multiple businesses in the marketing field. I've revamped this business, this business, this business. I've increased their ROI 3X over the last 12 months straight. You know, I have all these statistics and these results compared to a kid that has a piece of paper. I mean, I think that the person hiring me would be pretty stupid to select that person over somebody with the experience that I have. Mm -hmm. And that's just my thoughts on it. So I'm looking at these four years as a way to get ahead of everybody else in my generation, take advantage of that uh, to the fullest ability. Mm -hmm. 
And in terms of the whole cyber consulting, it's funny. When I first found out about you, it was through an ad when you were wearing the shirt and you were walking through your office. So it's, it's cool how that works out. Um, but I know cyber consulting offers a, a variety of services such as social media marketing for customers. And then you do e-commerce as well and you do uh, some courses and stuff like that. So would you recommend for someone who wanted to get started in, in the e-commerce SMA space, which one would you recommend they would get started for? Be, uh, either SMMA or Ecom? Yeah. So it's it's actually a hard question. Looking back on it, I did Ecom first mm -hmm. and I lost a lot of money and I was in a position where I had been saving up. I was doing retail arbitrage. I didn't have much time to spend money in college. So I had a couple grand saved up. So I had money to play with. Um, and when I lost it, I thought it was going to be the end. Like I was like, oh my God, like I cannot believe I just lost all that money. Like what am I going to do? And I feel like 95% of the people that get started with e-commerce experience a very similar thing, whether it's a couple grand or a couple hundred, I did. they lose it, they lose it and they get very freaked out and they just give up because they're like, I can't lose any more money. I can't dig myself into a deeper hole. And you know, if you succeed with e-commerce, it's great because now you learn so many skill sets that you can apply somewhere else. So I think it's more valuable for yourself to learn e-commerce first. However, looking back on it, if I could have done things differently, what I would have done is I would have started a marketing agency and I would have done skills like writing articles or, you know, doing graphic design or managing social media and taking on a monthly retainer of one to two grand, closing one or two clients, and then investing that money into e-commerce so that I could learn Facebook marketing and learn these skills and then apply it to my agency later on. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, with an agency, there's very little startup costs. You might spend money on softwares or website development or maybe some packages or graphic design or whatever, but it's a very small startup cost and you can get clients without any ad spend. You can send cold emails, you can cold call, you can walk into businesses, you can use you know, your relationships and word of mouth. And then you can take the money that you make with zero investment and invest it back into yourself to learn more skills, which I think would have been the better approach for myself. Now, I was somebody who took the longer road. I lost a lot of money. I did not give up. But I learned so many skills, writing ad copies, sales, Facebook marketing, building and growing on socials, uh, brand presence, brand awareness, you know, learning customer psychology and all of these things combined helped me scale cyber consulting very quickly. Whereas most people who would start an agency, it would take them a couple months because they might, they might have a client or two, but they're probably outsourcing the work where if I, you know, you paid me a thousand dollars a month for Facebook ads and I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I have to then take 50% of that or a certain percentage of that and give it to somebody else to execute that job. Otherwise, you know, I've done nothing and I've, you know, basically robbed somebody out of a thousand dollars and that's just not ethically correct. So there's just different steps to the process, but looking back on it, I think that SMMA is probably the better approach to get started. As long as you have some sort of skill that a business needs that you can utilize for yourself, or you have a connection with somebody that does, and you're going to go into it together and you know, Hey, I'll get the business. You do the Facebook ads, boom, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always call drop shipping more like a secondary business because you need to, you can't just go in, start entrepreneurship with no money and say, I want to do e-commerce. It doesn't work like that. You need to build up your skills somewhere or do something else. And that's why I also made the mistake. I was one of those examples of people that lost 1.5 to 2k and then right. gave up completely because I did just, I didn't have any more money to, to play with. So yeah, you just get to a point where the well runs dry and it's like, okay, well I can continue to, you know, put every dollar I have into it or I can figure out something more tangible. And most of the time somebody will just give up and move on to the next thing. My favorite quote of all time is you cannot fail if your drive to succeed is greater than it is to breathe. And basically what that means is you can fail time and time again, but if you don't accept failure and you just not, don't let it stop you and you keep going, you won't overall fail. You will succeed at some point. I basically said to myself, I'm two grand in the hole. I hate where I'm at in college. 
I'm depressed. I didn't know what a social media marketing agency was. That wasn't even an option at the time. I was like, I need to figure this out. I don't care what I have to do. I'm figuring this out. And I did what most people wouldn't do. I spent hours in Facebook groups, you know, messaging people, trying to get them a commission to let me post in their Facebook group or, you know, uh, DMing influencers and getting them a commission on sales. And this was a little bit back at the time before everybody was doing this. It was a little bit easier to get those people to agree to do that kind of thing. But I put in the extra hours of work to get free sales so that I can invest that profit back into Facebook marketing and things like that. And the biggest thing for me, bro, what I did that nobody else did was I took those extra steps. Everybody steals the creatives off AliExpress. Everybody designs a basic website. I ordered all my shit, I put it in a car, and I traveled around the country for three months, and all I did was live with the stuff that I was selling. My backpacks, my uh, hammocks, my tents, my uh, boots, whatever it was, and I was documenting the process, and I got to a point where we worked with Bear Grylls, if you're familiar with him, he's, in the, he's big, massive in that space, the survival space. We got him to post a picture with our backpack. We did, I think it was like 10K in sales in a week. And that's kind of where I was like, holy crap, we definitely have something here. And I went all the way in and you know, we did really well. And I eventually sold off the business and I realized that I was spending too much time on that. And then I could take the same skills and apply it for you know a 10 figure business and have them dump in 50, $75,000 of ad spend a month, either take a rev share or a monthly retainer. And I was making way more money than I was investing all that time into running ads for myself. And that's kind of where the transition came into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of the whole social media things, social media marketing agencies. So we've got that established. If a beginner wants to get into entrepreneurship, this is the go-to route. And then, you know, taking that money and that knowledge and then investing it back into something like e-commerce and then working your way up with that. So in terms of the social media marketing agency, I know you spoke about tools such as scope leads and we'll get into that a little bit later, but when, if someone's getting started in SMA, like you said, there's not that many startup costs, but if someone's coming in here with very, very little to no money, what kind of methods would you suggest for things like getting their first get dirty get dirty i mean go on go on wix and you know watch some youtube videos you probably have no idea how to design a website but watch a youtube video and stop keep working on that website if it takes an extra 30 hours compared to what it would take you know a programmer one who cares right because you save the money all you have is time in the beginning you're not you're not busy you have all the time in the world busy yet so invest that time wisely you know build out your website you know, look at what other people are doing and figure out, you know, what services are they offering? What are they charging? And then build out a PDF or a package, you know, PDF on Canva. Get things that make yourself look professional so that when you approach a business, you know, you have things in place. You know, here's my website. Here's my packages. Here's what we charge. It, it looks very professional when you have those things built out. So invest the time into making yourself look professional, obviously. And then, you know, the next biggest thing is, you know, figure out one skill set that businesses need that you can charge good money for. Social media management, ads, ad creatives, uh, um, you know, uh, graphic design, uh, email marketing, whatever that might be. Figure out that skill and then do everything that you can for a month or two to just learn every single possible thing you can about that skill set. Mm -hmm. And then once you are so knowledgeable that you can just talk to somebody about it all day, every day, and you never have to think about it, it just become, it just comes naturally. Then go out and start communicating with businesses. I leverage the people around me. So my family owned a business. So the first thing I did was say, Hey, let me work. You know, let me do this for our business. I saw results. My dad told three of his friends who also had businesses. Hey, this is what we're doing. It's working. Started working for them. Then I had two or three testimonials of good results so that when I went to a business that I had no idea who they were, I said, look what I've done for business X, Y, and Z. This is what I can do for you as well. And then I got paid a monthly retainer. So you don't really need much of a startup cost. The startup cost comes in with the softwares like scope leads that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Some of these other softwares that were kind of, you know, finding these leads on a bigger scale, but you really don't need 
you literally need nothing if you actually put in the, you know, the hard work of building out the website, your packages, you know, cold emailing people, going into businesses yourself. You don't need any startup costs. Just about do you have the dedication and the drive to actually put in the work that most people want? Yeah, and I think the problem is that there's a very heavy misconception and that people go straight to trying to call people. They don't invest the time to actually understand the skills and they're like, oh, they pitch a client and then when they ask them about their services and what they do, like they're all confused, they don't understand their packages and that comes with time. Like you said, taking that time, not pitching clients, but working locally through your family or, or friend's business and developing that skills and even like uh, a lot of people have mentioned working for free, offering that two week whatever trial. And that's not for them, that's mostly for you to build that credibility for yourself and make sure that you can prove to yourself that you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I mean like there's two there's two parts I wanted to touch up there. First off is you know, somebody might not have a family member or a friend or you know, mm -hmm. connection that they can leverage like that. But like you just said, I never, I never think you should work for free, except in the very beginning, simply because how is a business supposed to pay you $1,500 a month if you have zero results to show them for it that's, that speaks for your character and what you can do? So you say, hey, you know, you know I, this is my first time working with a business in your industry. That's not lying. You have to say it's your first client ever. <laughs> I would like to do month one for free just to show you what we are capable of doing. And if you are satisfied with the results, all I will ask for in payment is a referral to another business. And then we can start a monthly retainer after that. So then you end month one with the referral and you end month one with now a new client that's paying you. So the, the ability to now have two clients and it just branches out from there. That's just, that's just the way it goes, man. I think a lot of people, like you said, they go straight for the kill and think of it like a relationship, right? Like if you called a girl that you've never met, never talked to, never even seen in person before, you know her through social media, you're like, hey, let's go to dinner. She's be like, who the hell are you? Why are you? It's the same way. You can't just call a business to be like, Hey, buy my social media marketing services. They have to understand who you are, what you can do for them, the value that you can bring to the table. And the problem is people go straight for the kill Buy my service. Like, no, it's asking them questions, learning about their business, seeing what their needs and necessities are, and then being able to figure out what their biggest problem is and then offering a solution to that problem and bridging the gap. But you have to earn their trust first. You have to show them that you know what you're talking about and you have to really learn about who they are as a business because you know, you might get to a point where I'm at now where businesses just get in my DMS and say, Hey, we've seen you working with, you know, a competitor of ours. How can we get started with you? You know, we're losing traction or whatever it might be leads fall in my lap at this point. But when you're first getting started, that does not happen. You have to go out and get to know people and build relationships and leverage those relationships. And one door will open to another one. And then it just kind of spreads out from there. Not giving up in the beginning because the hardest part is getting that first and second client. And then even harder than that is retaining that client and not losing them. And I feel like a lot of people get a client and then lose them and give up where it's like, there's 8 billion people on earth. Like all you got to do is find 25 people to pay you two grand a month and you're making 600 grand a year. It's, it's very tangible. You just can't give up. Mm -hmm. I remember you mentioned that you kind of crunched down the numbers at the Hamptons Mastermind event. And I wanted to touch up on something because I know you talked about a cold call and a cold email script. Um, it's a lot of people mentioned that they're like, oh, we use these different kinds of scripts. And I know you talked about how you can't just go for the kill. So do you have some kind of a formula that you follow or is it just very natural tone when you're talking to these people? So when you say a formula, right? Like, are we talking about, there's different steps to it, right? There's, there's formulas to get somebody that you have no idea and is somebody that knows who you are. And there's, there's formulas to get somebody that knows who you are to close with you. So can you just elaborate a little bit more on what you meant so, there? 
the the thing I'm talking about is that most people skip that that step. They go from know who who like not knowing who you are to getting the the, the final sale. So that's right. I've seen like tons of scripts of people who just like there's like these magic words that you have to say and then they'll magically close. So how does that process work with you when you build the relationships? Uh, where do you find like where do you find obviously you scope leads, but for people who are just getting started, like where can they find people to even call? And then how what process should they follow to? Eventually, well, I got started. I got started. It was probably not the most time intense, probably not the most time effective way to go about this. But what I did was I went on Yelp in my area and I looked up, you know, dentistries, restaurants, you know, chiropractors, uh, businesses that need those types of services. They need they need leads coming in consistently to stay afloat. What I would do is I'd go to Yelp. I type in dentistries in my area. I'd click on a location. I would see I had a, uh, a Facebook pixel install, a pixel helper installed. So for those of you who don't understand what that is, it's just a little piece of a Google Chrome extension that basically sees if that website is tracking you. You can install that piece of code to track your website traffic and retarget those people. That's why you always see ads of businesses that you've clicked on or ads that you've interacted with. That's why you see them consistently because they're tracking you. However, if they don't have a Facebook pixel installed, that tells me these guys haven't done Facebook marketing before. So I'll reach out and I'll basically send them a 15 minute or a 10 minute video. Cause again, all you have is time in the very beginning. You can, you know, give people that personalized approach and say, Hey, business X, I noticed that you don't have a Facebook pixel on your website. I'm not sure if you understand what this could do for you, but imagine if we could track every single person that came to your website or your competitors' websites and run an advertisement to them with your business and getting them to come into your business and, you know, offer them a service or whatever. And then, you know, some businesses are like, we don't need that. We're happy with our marketing, blah, blah, blah. They're very stubborn. And then there's some that, you know, their eyes are open to it. They're like, wow, that actually sounds like it could really help us out. They want more information. You ask them to hop on a phone call and that's how you, that's how you establish credibility. It's I can help you because of this. This is what you guys should be doing. Even if they decide not to work with me, now they understand that they should get a Facebook pixel and it's on their website. That's value. They can use that. So I've built trust. I've built credibility that I know what I'm talking about. And then, you know, I might send them a free art on their website and say, you know, Hey, you know, you could have fixed all this stuff or maybe it's an audit on their social media or whatever, but you can send them some sort of free value and then ask them to hop on a phone call with you to talk more about it. Now, when I get somebody on the phone, it's a very, very simple process that I follow in terms of closing somebody. It's basically just asking questions. You know, they want to talk about themselves. They want to act, they want to feel as if you care about their business, which you do. And the bottom line is, is how can we get them to, you know, basically without us telling them, get their brain to say, I need to work with this person. And basically we do that by asking a very specific set of questions. First off is, you know, you know, what do you do? Tell me about your business. Tell me what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. Then it's, you know, you know, how is that going? Have you done marketing before? And they might say yes or no. Well, depending on whether they said yes or no, you know, you know, have you ever thought about doing it? Why, why not? Or how has it been going for you? And a lot of times they'll say, well, it hasn't been going well. You know, the agencies that we've been working with have, you know, had not done a great job or whatever it is. And then you basically ask them, you know, you know, what are you doing right now? If, if a month, if you don't mind me asking, or what would you ideally like to get to? And they, you know, I'll talk about drop shippers, for instance. Let's say I'm trying to get a drop shipping student to work with me one-on-one for mentorship. I might say, okay, you know, Rom, how much are you doing a month right now? And you're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like averaging like $500 profit a month. Like it's, it's a nice little side hustle, but I would ideally like to be making more. And I go, okay, Rom, that's awesome. How much would you like to be making? And you're like, dude, I mean, 5k a month would be ideal. I don't need more than that. I could do as much as I wanted with that. I'd be happy. And I go, okay, Rom, well, why haven't you gotten there? So making them think about the problem that they have and they'll go, you know, Oh, I'm not good with Facebook ads or, Oh, I don't have enough time or, Oh, I'm not motivated enough or, Oh, I don't have enough money or whatever it is. Right. And then you basically say to them, you know, okay, Rom, well, you just told me you're at 500. You'd like to get to 5k. You told me that you can't get there because you don't understand Facebook advertising and that you've tried to learn it multiple times. But if you know that Facebook advertising is the bridge, it's going to get you from 500 to 5k. 
why haven't you taken the time to learn that? Oh, I have, I haven't been successful. Oh, I don't have the time. Oh, you know, I'm busy with family, whatever it is. And then I go, okay, well, you just told me that Facebook's your problem. You want to get to 5k a day. You don't have the time or you don't have the skills to learn it and you've tried and failed. So what if I can come in for you and I can do those Facebook strategies for you and generate the results for you so that I get you from 500 to 5k a month. And you go, well, how would you do that? Or how can you do, or that would be awesome or whatever it is. And you're, then you want more information. At this point, I've gotten your mind on, I need to pay him to work with me. And it's just about asking questions, guiding the conversation and get pretty much low key forcing the result that you want without getting them to realize that you're doing that to them. And by the end of the call, it's, you know, I can't be successful without working with cyber consulting. How do I work with you? Oh, we charge a thousand dollars a month that's a lot of money. I don't know if I can afford that. Well, John, you just told me, or, you know, Ram, you just told me, whatever the name is, you just told me that you want to get to 5k a month. You're at 500. If I charge a thousand dollars and I increase your revenue, $4,500 a month, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's exactly what you're trying to get. You're still profitable. You're making more money. Why wouldn't you pay a thousand dollars a month? And it's again, it's just, it's it handling objections. And at that point, you're just basically taking whatever objection they throw at you, squeezing it, isolating it, saying that's irrelevant. This is why it's irrelevant. Let's work together. And you just never, you never give up until they literally tell you to either, you know, fuck off or leave me alone. And that's just the way I have always approached it. And it works really well. And it's just about asking questions, acting, you know, as if, you know, they are the center of attention, letting them talk and kind of, you know, develop the idea themselves that they need to work with you rather than saying, hey, you need to work with Mm -hmm. And I feel like when people go on those websites like Yelp and try to just call them, they don't do the initial first step that you talked about, which was providing value. You said you give them audits and things like that. People are like, hey, let's hop on a call. Like, like who are you? Why, why am I going to get on a call with you? And they're getting a million messages every day from other agencies trying to do the exact same thing. So how are you going to separate yourself from everybody else? And that, the answer to that is free value and showing them that you do know things that these other people that are hitting you have no idea what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's definitely important. And things like that, like you said, definitely do take time, but that's what you have when you're first getting started. But I want to talk about the time that you have now. So obviously, cyber consulting, there's a lot of different pieces moving pieces in that in, in that business. So can you talk a little bit about a day in the life of, of Joe Cyber? What does it take to run cyber consulting? So yeah, so I basically realized that, you know, I, I at the beginning, I was very, you know, selfish, and I didn't trust anybody. Um, I didn't want to put my business in anybody else's hands. I wanted to control everything. I wanted to control the lead gen, the sales, the way the website looked, you know, the mentorship with my students, whatever it was, I wanted full control of it. And although it worked in the beginning because I, I was able to build my vision the exact way that I wanted it, you get to a point where you spread yourself too thin and you can no longer scale. So you have to find people that you can trust. And that's the hardest part about scaling a business is finding people that you can trust that are going to put in the same amount of work that you do and generate the same result. And it's almost impossible to find people like that just don't exist because if they're not building their own business and they're building it for somebody else, the drive's just not there. So you have to figure out how to give them that drive. I've tried equity in the business. I've tried, you know, 75% commissions on deals closed. I've done whatever I can to kind of just, you know, entice that person to do the best that they can. Um, so a day in the life of me has been building out people that can execute specific things. So I have people that do email marketing all day long and they're doing lead gen, scraping Google's roles and they're sending out emails and prospecting clients and setting up phone calls for me. I have uh, VAs that are messaging on LinkedIn. I have people that manage my DMs on Instagram. I have uh, people that, you know, I create the creatives for my ads and I have somebody manage my ads. I know how to do them, but I've trained somebody now to do it the same way that I would. And by doing this, I have saved probably about 80% of the time that would need to be invested so that I can spend that extra time 
closing deals. All I do all day long is take the leads that my employees bring me and close those deals and then execute them, uh, make sure it happens. So there's different steps for different processes. We have people that do lead gen. We have people that set up appointments. We have people that after the deal has been closed, will go and execute that deal, creating the content, scheduling the social media, whatever it is. And so I would say we work with about, you know, 10 to 15 VAs at any given time. And then we only have two actual full-time employees that, you know, get a percentage or get, you know, paid. It's basically just about replicating yourself into other people and delegating specific tasks to people and then giving them an incentive to want to perform at their best ability to scale. And that's been, that's been kind of what I've been focusing on now. Uh, what I just realized was, is I was offering too many services. I had only a few VAs and they were all sp spreading themselves way too thin because they were, we were catering our services specific to the business where that's awesome in the beginning because it gives you a personalized feeling and it helps you with referrals, uh, helps you retain deals. When you get to a point where you're a big agency and you know you can produce results, you should be offering the same exact package of, you know, 30 ongoing days of social media management or 30 days of marketing, creating a marketing plan and executing it or, you know, press and PR or whatever we decide to do. It should be very rinse and repeat strategies so that no matter who works with us, it doesn't take my client eight hours, you know, to invest with that specific client. So we actually shrunk in our, we shrunk our packages. We got rid of about 25 to 50% of our clients, took a massive pay cut, and now we're slowly scaling back up. Uh, but we'll be able to scale much further than where we were at because we were capped with our time limit that we could invest. Now we simplified our packages uh, and our services and our time that we're going to be investing with each client, but we're still going to get the same result. And I think that, you know, it's going to work really well. So I'm very you know, happy and eager to see where that takes us over the next few months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, of, of kind of how your future is going to plan out, where do you see the future of not only Stabber Consulting, but of the whole SMA and e-commerce thing in the next, you know, five, 10 years? That's a good question. I don't want to say that I know anything because I, you know, who knows what's going to actually happen. I think a marketing agency is always, at least for the foreseeable future, going to be extremely crucial. I think the people that are in e-commerce think that, you know, or e-commerce or the entrepreneurship space for that matter, think that it's saturated because everybody in that space is doing one or the other. But when you really take a step back and you separate yourself from social media and you just go out into the real world and you talk to business owners and people that are running these businesses, they have no idea what they're doing and they need your help. So it's, it's a very high in demand service. And the bottom line is most people that are getting involved in it don't know what they're doing and lose their clients very quickly because they don't care as, as much as they should. So mm -hmm. if you just put in the extra time, you're going to see results. So I don't think social media marketing is going anywhere as long as you can generate an ROI for your clients. I think the methods will change. You know, it used to be billboard ads, email marketing, you know, uh, Google AdWords. Now it's, you know, Facebook, Snapchat, Pinterest, Instagram. And I think it will change. I think it's going to move over towards voice. I think that Amazon voice is going to be a massive player. You know, right now I can tell my Alexa to order me something off of Amazon. It's eventually going to get to a point where I can say, Alexa, order me a Big Mac and a Big Mac is going to show up to my house. And, you know, businesses will pay tens of thousands of dollars to be that first search. When I say, Alexa, I want a burger. That business will pay a ton of money to be the first option for that service. There's gonna, it's going to change, uh, but I think marketing will always be a big thing. So as long as you can t stay on top of trends, you'll be successful. E-commerce, on the other hand, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out, but I'm not sure. Obviously, there's always going to be ways to generate results, but the traditional method that we're seeing with Facebook is going to come to an end probably within the next five years, simply because of how saturated it's getting. Uh, how much you need to invest to get started. If you have 20 grand, you can still get it started in a couple years. 
but the prices are going up. So it's a lot harder to get results in the beginning phases. And it's just, you know, people are catching on. So you have to be different. And the whole drop shipping thing, I think will kind of phase out and people will still do e-commerce from like your suppliers with better products, shorter shipping times, things like that. But I'm very curious to see where the e-commerce space goes. What I don't like seeing, again, I touched up on this. The reason why I kind of distanced myself a little bit because these guys were getting like $300, $500 in results. And they're like, let me drop a course. <laughs> and it's just like, why? Like you, you, you have no idea how to scale, how to handle a killed ad set, what to do when a product stops working, what to do in a campaign. Like they just, they think because they've done a, a, a thousand dollars in sales that they can teach other people. And what's happened is the stigma in the environment has been scam, 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 scam. And I don't want to be a part of that. So I'm not saying that you can't be successful in e-commerce. I have, I've scaled three six figure businesses and sold them for a decent chunk of change. Some of my best friends live in an absolutely massive mansion and they just bought a second mansion on top of that in Colorado, all off of e-commerce. They have six guys all doing six and seven figure businesses. It can be done. It's just, I think that people kind of get starstruck or they get focused on the shiny object syndrome. They don't realize how much has to go into it. And they think it's going to be a get rich quick thing. They invest $500. They're not willing to invest another 2K in ads. Or even if they do, they're not willing to put even more in to be successful. And then they're out of money. So I think that e-commerce will definitely take a big dive downwards in the next few years. But I don't think social media marketing is going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And in terms of cyber consulting, does that mean that you're going to shift uh, most of your attention to the SMMA or are you still going to be doing So here's the thing, bro. Like, I don't even want to say I know what I'm going to do, right? Like, I don't know if I want to do an agency my whole life. I, I have no idea. I know that I want to inspire people. I know that I want to change the social stigma of, you know, society raises people to work a nine to five job, to be complacent with being normal, to not get out of their comfort zones, to not think they can accomplish incredible things. And it, it, it creates depression. People get sucked into social media. Suicide rates are going up. There's shootings going on. Bullying is a big thing. What's going on in society right now is not normal. It's not okay. And I know that at some point in my life, once I've built enough credibility and enough of a following, I want to really take that seriously and try to inspire as many people to just follow their dreams and show them a path that's actually tangible, not just trying to inspire them with a motivational speech. I would love to be, you know, whether it's a motivational speaker or inspiring people or a business consultant, I don't know what's going to happen because again, you know, three years ago I was doing dropshipping. I had no idea that a marketing agency even existed. And now it's the only thing that I could possibly think of. So I have no idea what door is going to be open for me in two months. Because again, like I just said, six months ago, I went to an event and then I spoke with the same dude that hosted the event three times. I'm speaking with him again next month. I have an event in Puerto Rico, LA, two in New York. I won in uh, New York last month. It's, it's insane to see what just happens. It's a snowball effect. So I have no idea where I'm going to end up in a year or two, but I know that I'm going to be doing something big and that I won't ever stop growing because I feel like once you stop growing, you start dying and I'm never going to ever, you know, let myself not continue to progress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And in terms of Obviously, you've been through some struggles early on, and I, I mean, you've been fortunate enough to have uh, parents that have supported you, but for some people that want to achieve some of the things you've been able to achieve at such a young age, or they've gone through some similar issues, what kind of advice would you give to them, uh, either people that are getting started, people that are just, just like a general actionable step that they can kind of pursue after this episode? Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds super cliche. I hate to be that guy, but it's like, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I mean, I, I hung around people that were potheads, drank all the time, did nothing. They sat in the same basement every single day of their lives. You know, nobody was ever progressing. I mean, we got out of high school. They weren't even working a nine to five job for minimum wage. They were just sitting at home. 
And I was just like, are you serious? Like, I just got to a point, I'm like, this is not, like, we're not in middle school anymore. Like, we are men, we are grown men. We have a family that we're gonna be having in a couple years. Like, what are we doing to set ourselves up for success in the future? I'm not living my entire life like, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, everybody is following the normal. You know, you're hanging out with friends because you don't wanna be lonely and you don't wanna miss out. You have the fear of missing out. You know, you, you yeah. feel uncomfortable in social situations so you drink and you smoke to make yourself feel better. Instead of being alone and thinking about how you can progress your body, you drown yourself in social media and focus on what other people are doing. And all of these little things they really just mess your, your, your mindset up and they make you think that you can't accomplish these big things. And a lot of times people don't even know that it is possible because they don't even know it exists. Yeah. And it's just about, you have to, you have to throw yourself into the fire. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's scary. I know it's lonely, but if you don't do it, you're not going to get the rewards that I have. I lost all of my friends. My girlfriend left me for my best friend because I stopped spending so much time with her and they started hanging out. You know, I was making no money for months because it was more important to me to build my own business than to get a small guaranteed paycheck of a couple hundred dollars so I could go drink and smoke over the weekend. I took these sacrifices that most people weren't willing to take. So self-educate, learn how to master your mind and be okay with being by yourself and being alone and not relying on other people or alcohol or something to have a good time. And then lastly is just invest money into people that are doing the things that you want to do. If he's built a seven figure business, pay him to learn how to start a seven figure business. Mm -hmm. Don't pay $300,000 for a guy who has a piece of paper to tell you how to build a business. And if you are in college, if you do believe in college, take that extra, stop going to the fucking parties and invest two hours a night. You know, even if you are going to the parties, how many hours a day are you watching Netflix or on social yeah. media? Invest those two hours into YouTube content with something that actually can provide you actionable advice. Yeah. And maybe you'll get somewhere where, you know, it's just, if you surround yourself with positive people, with people that are doing things, with people that are giving you advice, business advice, ways to make money, eventually it just becomes part of your mind. Like it's just who you are. And I wake up in the morning and I know what I need to do to get a dollar. A year and a half ago, I had no idea. I was a pothead. I was doing bad things. Anybody can make a difference, right? I almost got kicked out of high school and now I have a seven figure business. And the, mm -hmm. the, literally the only difference that I had was I stopped hanging out with the people that I was. I got my mindset, my mindset right. And I invested time into self-education and networking with other people that are doing those types of things. And over a period of time of not trying to make money, but just trying to better myself as a person every single day, increase my, you know, my health, you know, my network, you know, hang out with people that actually care about me. They don't just care about, you know, hang out with you for the party. All of these little things over the course of six months or a year, literally change your entire life, your outlook on life, your mindset, you know, uh, the way you look at things. And at that point, then you start to get to a point of, okay, I can do this myself. And you actually will, you know, you'll get started start your own business or start your e-commerce business because you have the mindset to start it. These guys get so focused on shiny object syndrome of, oh, he has a seven figure business. Let me pay $500 for a course, even though I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing and they lose their money and they're like scam, 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 scam. And it's just, it's very sad to see because if they had just focused on themselves first, not the money, yeah. they would be getting what they wanted out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that you say kind of surrounding yourself with the right people. That's one of the main reasons why I started this podcast because look how much value that I'm getting from you. And it's not only just about a business. This is like real life advice that of course, like I would not have been able to get from most of these people that I'm going on the call with. That's why it's like a, a unique outlook on, on how to do these kinds of things. And it's, it's very, very important to like, because for me, my, my friends, most of my friends, I call them virtual friends. And this is the problem because my friends here are not like even close. Like they're basically what you described as, as your friends back in the day. Um, and for me, that's the problem because I don't want to be alone. 
And I feel like human interaction is necessary in some way. You know, you can't just, my, my only friends can't be my podcast guests or people right. I talk to on DM. So that's where I have to find the balance of, of having the right influence while having some kind of physical connection. Well, you know, I've that. been dealing with that similar issue myself, right? Because, you know, being somebody in Philadelphia, right? I've traveled all over the country for speaking engagements. I've been in Arizona, LA, Miami, you know, going to Puerto Rico next month. It's crazy to see what happens, but at the end of the day, all the people I've met are in Miami, LA, Arizona, yeah. Puerto Rico, New York. There's nobody in Philadelphia. And there's one, I shouldn't say, there's one or two people that actually do have their mindsets, right? The Mavericks boys are great. There's some guys that I really do like spending some time with, but it took me a long time to find those people and leverage those connections. And you're right. There are times right now where I'm at home and after this podcast, you know, I'm going to have all my work done for the day by probably two or three o'clock. Then I'm going to be coming home. And I'm going to be lonely because I'm not doing anything. I'm going to see my Snapchat stories of all my friends smoking and drinking. And I'm going to be, you know, like, should I go over there? No. Of course I shouldn't because I'm not going to do that to myself. I have too much respect for myself to do that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, I've been talking with John Danes in, New in Nashville. I've been talking with some guys out in Colorado that have a mansion out there. I've been talking with some of the e-commerce guys that want to go to Scottsdale. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I do know this. If I have to leave my hometown and leave my family to put myself in the house or in an environment with people that are doing the things that I want to do that I consider better friends of mine than the people I've known my whole life that yeah. live 10 minutes away from me, I will do it. Am I scared? Yes. Am I nervous? Yes. Am I uncomfortable leaving my family? Absolutely. But the bottom line is, is you're not going to grow unless you put yourself into an uncomfortable situation and force yourself to grow. And that's what I'm looking to do right now. So I hope that you do something very similar. You find people that are, you know, willing to move in with you that you can keep, you know, you can feed off of each other's energy. You know, you, you understand what you're, each other are going through. You're very real with each other and you know, you, you hold each other accountable and that's how you're going to grow because at the end of the day, you know, you can, you can have your mindset right, but it is lonely and you do need to surround yourself with people that are doing the same things to keep your spirits up. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Joe, that was a great episode. Tons and tons of value drop, not only for the guests, but for myself, I definitely got a lot out of it. Uh, just like a final thought, where can people find out more about you? Just kind of plug your social medias for the listeners. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I'd appreciate it if you could just drop the links below the podcast as well. Yeah, I will. But for people that can that want to follow me on Instagram, my at is at Stiber, S-T-A-I-B-E-R-R. -R. Same for Twitter. All you have to do is shoot me a DM. I respond to every single person. I've been doing it for three years now. It doesn't matter how many DMs I get. I will respond to you at some point. It might be take me a little bit, but I will get back to you. Mm -hmm. I want to help as many people succeed. I want to help you. I want to help motivate you. Um, I post tons of free content on my Instagram all the time. So feel free to follow my Instagram for free strategy. You know, we do have mentorships available. My agency would love to work with your business, but obviously that's not the reason I'm here. But if we can figure out a way to work together, that'd be awesome. And, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on with me. You know, for anybody that's listening, you know, I, I've been speaking at a few events for a while and Ron was one of those guys that, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily doing anything big at the beginning, but he put himself into that fire and started himself with some big, some big players. And mm -hmm. now he's doing things where he's really, you know, taking his business to the next level. So I appreciate you hopping on with me and I'm really looking forward to continuing to see you grow. And I think we're going to see each other in a couple of days at the next kind of event that I'm speaking at in New mm -hmm. York. So I'm mm -hmm. um, looking forward to seeing you there. And again, thank you so much for having me on. And I look forward to meeting or talking to every single one of you guys. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and uh, giving me the platform to tell you guys about my story.